0: What we're witnessing right now coming out of Hamas, not just crimes against Israel, it's also crimes against their own people. And my finding when I went there to investigate, I didn't find that Hamas only could make crimes against humanity and war crimes against the Israelis. It's even against their own people. They are using their own people as a shield. They are building their center commands under hospitals and schools. So in order for the Israelis, when they, when they fight, they kill their own people. They don't care about their own people. They stop their people from leaving, pointing their guns at the Hamas fighters. And they don't care about their own people. They steal their aid. They steal food, their food, their energy. And in order to build a, a tunnels, Explain to me why Hamas have all of these tunnels underground, and there is no one shelter to the people above ground, one shelter they didn't build one shelter above ground to their own people. while the leadership of Hamas, while the leadership of Hamas is in Qatar in a seven star hotel, eating their caviar and drinking their champagne. If this is fairness for the Palestinian people. I tell the Palestinian free people, free Gaza from Hamas, free Gaza from Hamas, free Gaza from Hamas.
1: I'm so pleased to introduce you to our special guest speaker, Reverend Majed al Shafi. Majed is an author, human rights activist and the founder of One Free World International, and he and his team are currently working on a new documentary entitled Anatomy of an Attack, the October 7th Massacre. Because Majed is himself a survivor of religious persecution and torture, he has devoted his life to advocating for those who are also persecuted for their faith, he recently traveled to Israel and he's joining us tonight to talk about the October seventh attacks by the Hamas on Israel and the importance of the West supporting the people of Israel and taking a united stand against Islamic extremism. Majed, welcome to the Empower Hour. We're so pleased you can join us once again.
0: Thank you so much, Heather. It's a pleasure seeing to be with you and Tanya. And by the way, Heather, I just need to tell you, you have a radio voice.
1: She
0: Uh, (laughs) does. You have a radio voice. It's really very nice, very wonderful. I have a microwave voice. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to hear it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Michelle.
0: (laughs) No, Thank
2: you, Heather. She does an awesome job. And uh, I just love co-hosting with Heather. And it's true, you have a very soothing voice, Heather. <laughs> we love it. Okay, well, my friend, welcome back. Good to have you on the show. Um, I, As I was just sitting here preparing for you to come on and thinking about all that you're doing, and uh, I'm just so grateful for the work that you're doing. It is uh, so critical and so essential right now. And I'm really looking forward to the Empower Hour to tonight, people having an understanding of the voice uh, and the work that you're doing in Israel and how critical it is for people to understand that this this battle in Israel is our battle as well and, and why um, the West will be affected uh, by how this uh, war is won. And so in bringing you in as well, I think I'd like to start tonight. You're doing a documentary. You went to Israel Right after uh, the horrific attack on October 7th, and you spent several weeks there, and in that time you were filming a documentary. Can you tell us a little, just a little bit about that, and then we'll play the trailer?
0: Well, basically, after the attack on October 7th on Israel and the Israeli land and the Jewish people, it was the worst attack since the worst attack that happened on Israeli land. Since the Holocaust, really, Uh, the way that this Hamas terrorist savages, the way that they attacked the civilians, the way that they killed women, children, raped, uh, destroyed, kidnapped. It was really shocking because this is exactly what ISIS will do in Iraq and Syria It's have the same DNA, the same mentality, the same ideology. And we couldn't remain quiet for one simple reason. Once they are done from the Jews would be the Christians, and once they are done from the Christians would be everybody else as well. Uh, It is a sickness, it is a demonic, it is Mm -hmm. a virus, and we all Mm -hmm. have to be united, not just to protect Israel from it, but to protect as well our country, Canada.
2: Yes, exactly. All right, um, on that, uh, Terenzio, would you please play the video clip?
0: We are here in Siren in Tel Aviv. And you can see the people running. Started running over there to the shelter. Just running, people screaming, kids crying.
1: a video that Hamas uploaded of my cousin's son Erez in their hands. They were kind of dragging him down the road in holding both his arms at gunpoint. And I think that's when the nightmare became real.
0: Can you can see here the bedroom. Bullets, machine guns, and this is used to be a bed. Children used to sleep in this bed. For the past few years, we've been looking with a
2: lot of hope to a new Middle East. We're peaceful people, we don't want to fight a war. We're fighting a war that we have no choice but to fight.
0: This interview will be a very tough interview. Her name is Adi. She's our middle daughter. I don't want to get into the details or imagination. What happened? 15 years old, lost her life. The terrorist, Hamas terrorist burned house outside and he just shot her, shot her father, shot her mom. We felt helpless,
2: completely. We didn't know what to do. It was my brother. Being led by, by a terrorist, uh, holding he was holding a gun with one hand and was holding my brother uh, in a headlock, on the other hand.
1: So much pain and suffering, uh, and I really hope that uh, the world would understand. This isn't just about Jews, and it's not just about Israel. This is about evil.
2: Wow, it's chilling, you know, to view that. Um, and I can only imagine how difficult it would have been, I, uh, you know, to interview. Uh, the parents whose children have been m- murdered. And it's not just that they were murdered, slaughtered, tortured, and uh, what had transpired there. And so um, I just want to talk as well, before we get into that, yesterday there was a conference, uh, I believe, at the Consulate General of Israel in Toronto. And you were there, Majed, and you have, uh, Trenzio, if we could bring that up, it's a, a report of your findings of your trip to Israel. It's called The Anatomy of an Attack, The Truth Behind October 7th. And um, I've read through it and have highlighted uh, you know, some of the information. Also to anybody who had our email come out, who received the email uh, with the report that I wrote on Sunday night for Monday delivery, I have uploaded this report to that page if you want to access it. As well, it is on One Free World International's um, site as well. But I just wanted people to have the quickest access to it. Sheila, if you wanted to go on our website and access it, thank you. You've already done that. And, okay, that's the page. And if you can grab the report on that page, you could start. That will lead them right to One Free World International's report directly. Um, So can you tell us, fill us in a little bit, Majed, not a little bit, take as much time as you want. Uh, Thank you, uh, Terenzio, if you can take that down now. And I'd like to hand the floor over to you. Tell us about your trip to Israel. I know you're going back as well on December 15th. And uh, So anyways, I'll just hand the floor over to you.
0: God bless you. Uh, I will not take long time from, any, from all of you. I will just discuss the matter from my heart. And let's start by something very clear. I'm an Egyptian. They teach me in a very young age, when I, since I was a child, how to hate the Jews in our schools. We learn that in our media, in our uh, politicians. Even there is a peace between the Egyptians and the Israelis. But still, uh, they teach us in the school how to hate the Jews, how to hate Israel. The reason that the man in front of you right now, one of the defenders of Israel, is because Christ and my heart. Only the Prince of Peace can turn your heart around. Only the Prince of Peace can turn your darkness to light and your hatred to pure love. So let's make something very clear. I will not be here, and my love to Israel and the Jewish people will not be exist unless the education, the love, the grace of Christ in my heart. Let's make this clear. Now, another thing as well that I want to make it clear, and I'm not trying to be politically correct. We love the Palestinian people as well. Make no mistake, God's grace covers everybody. However, we have to speak the truth. And the Bible said to speak the truth in love. But we have to stand on the truth. Yes, we love and we will always love. But also we have to speak what's happening, because in a world that's covered by propaganda, in a world covered by politically correctness, we have to be the light of the truth, the light of justice. And what's happened that after Sukkot in, in a Simcha Torah, which is a Jewish holiday it's called Simcha Torah, which is translated to the celebration of the law, Uh, where families gather together, where people will sit down, will eat, will enjoy their life, and just will live a peaceful day with their loved ones in Shabbat. That's around 6.30 a.m., around 3,000 terrorists attacked Israel, Uh, killed around 1,200 Israelis, majority of them civilians, women, children, Kidnapped more than 139, uh, sorry, 239, uh, wounded more than 5,000. And the truth and reality that the world just not only didn't do anything about it, the shocking part is not that Hamas was attacking the Israelis during this time. And Hamas was not alone. Let's make something very clear. Hamas is backed by Iran, Hezbollah. The Hawatayin in Yemen, terrorist organization in Syria and Iraq. But none of this was surprising in a sense of the level of hatred of Hamas, the level of hatred of a terrorist organization, Muslim extremist organization. What's surprising us how the local was celebrating. Mm-hmm. How when, they, when, when the Palestinian locals was celebrating, when they took this kidnapped girls and one of them was completely naked, shot in the head. And you can see people try to touch her, you know, celebrating around her. I saw that. What's really shocking me when I heard one of the terrorists speaking in the phone to his father and told him, Father, I killed the first Jew. And the father told him, I'm proud of you. Carry on. Don't come home. Die, murder. Mm-hmm. That shocked me But none of this was shocking in a sense Of I don't know the education of Hamas I don't know the education of the, this ideology That destroyed everywhere they went Not just Israel As I said, I saw this in, in Iraq I saw this in Syria we saw this in September 11. We saw this here in Canada in our Canadian Parliament and uh, and the eight, uh, the Toronto 8. We saw this in England. None of this shocked me. What truly shocked me that when we come here to Canada, when I came here to Canada, and I found all of these people demonstrating thousands and thousands in New York, in uh, Toronto, in Montreal, in London, in around the world, and schools, universities, very prestigious schools, you know, very prestigious universities, and the rising of the anti-Semitism, that's what, sh- that's what shows you the true cancer in your society, right there. Yeah. That everybody can hide, everybody can wearing a mask, but suddenly the mask came out, the truth was revealed. And the question here that I have to all of these people that demonstrate. Now, I am not saying that you cannot demonstrate. If you are pro-Palestinian, that's your freedom. You know, I'm not here to judge you. That's Canada. As long as you are complying with the law, as long as you're respecting the law, and you have a, a peaceful demonstration, you take a permission from the police, I have no problem with you. But where have you been? when Bashar al-Assad, the president of of Syria, was killing his own people? Where have you been when the Iranian regime was killing women because she refused to wear hijab? Where have you been when Taliban took over Afghanistan? Where have you been when Saudi Arabia attacked Yemen and killed more civilians than any place else in the world? Where have you been when the Chinese will persecute Muslims, Uyghurs and other minorities like Panangans and Uyghurs Tibetans and so on. Where have you been? Where are all of these gatherings, yeah. all of this so why why are why are silence about this about this injustice? Why now, when it came to Israel and rising of the antisemitism, you woke up? That because it's not about justice. It's not because it's about Israel. It's about anti-Semitism. and allow me to explain something to you. There is the old antisemitism and the new antisemitism. The old antisemitism was very clear, very simple: kill the Jews, hate the Jews. Okay, I got you. That was Hitler's speeches. You take the same speech, and you remove the word Jew, and you put Israel instead, and it's the same speech, it's the same concept. I mean, no, no, no. We have no problem with the Jews. We have only problem with Israel. Well, let me tell you what is the new antisemitism. When you refuse the right of Israel to exist and the right of Israel to defend itself, that's the new antisemitism. So when the demonstrations comes out and tell you, "Oh, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free," so where you put all the Jews? Where are all the Israelis? Another Holocaust? And that's what you want to do? You want to kill all of them? You want to commit a Holocaust? A second Holocaust? The question here is all the administration said, ceasefire, ceasefire. And I would like to I would like to respond to each point. Ceasefire. You had a ceasefire until October 6th. Israel did not start this war. He had a ceasefire until October 6th. Israel did not start this war. In a matter of fact, Israel tried to make peace with every and each Arab nation, all starting from Egypt and Jordan, all the way to Morocco, Bahrain, Emirates, Sudan. And just recently, they almost did the peace agreement with the Saudi Arabia. Almost. They didn't, they didn't succeed because the war in Gaza started. And the question here is, if the Palestinians today won't have peace, tomorrow they will have a state. But if Israel dropped their weapon and stopped defending itself, you will have a Holocaust. So if the Palestinians choose the peace and drop their weapon, they will have a state tomorrow. But if Israel dropped their weapon, they will be massacred. They will be massacred. The truth here is, we have to acknowledge that Israel is 3,500 years old. It's not 70 years old, 75 years old, 3,500 years old. And people would tell me, oh, in a few days we'll be celebrating the birth of of a Jewish man, a Jewish God that was 2,023 years ago. So how can you tell me that Israel was not exist? Of that long, I know friends, uh, a number friends, even the Jewish people recognize that Jesus was was a Jew. So it's funny because we all know as a believer that our heritage is Jewish, and they say no, Israel was never existed in this land. It's been thirty five hundred years. The fact that they went through pharaohs all the way from Pharaoh's to Nazis, you know, doesn't mean that they never exist there. Does mean that they've always been facing persecution. But this has been always their homeland. Always. And the Palestinians had more than one peace, more than one chance in peace, but they didn't take it, they didn't accept it. They preferred the war. Okay. Now here is the main thing that we have to understand. What we are witnessing right now coming out of Hamas, not just crimes against Israel, it's also crimes against their own people. And my finding when I went there to investigate, I didn't find that Hamas only commit crimes against humanity and war crimes against the Israelis, it's even against their own people. They are using their own people as a shield. They are building their center commands under hospitals and schools. So in an order for the Israelis, when they, when they fight, they kill their own people. They don't care about their own people. They stop their people from leaving, pointing their guns at the Hamas fighters. They don't care about their own people. They steal their aid. They steal their food, their energy. And in order to build a, a tunnels, explain to me why Hamas have all of these tunnels underground and there is no one shelter to the people above ground, one shelter they didn't build one shelter above ground to their own people while the leadership of Hamas, while the leadership of Hamas is in Qatar in a seven-star hotel eating their caviar and drinking their champagne. this is fairness for the Palestinian people, I tell the Palestinian people, free Gaza from Hamas. Free Gaza from Hamas. Free Gaza from Hamas. But in the end, we have to remember one thing. That's not only about Hamas. That's about Hamas, Al-Qaeda, Boko Haram in Nigeria, Abu Sayyaf group in Philippines, ISIS in Iraq and in Syria, Hezbollah in Lebanon, and many, many other terrorist organizations. And the question here is, how long do you think until this cancer can reach home? Our home. The question here is, if we do not stop it now, what do you think will happen to Canada tomorrow? And I'm not saying that we don't have the cancer yet. I can assure you that we have sleeping Good cell, too. Canadian sleeping cell, you know, Muslim extremists here in Canada, and the proof of that is the attack that happened on the Parliament. the proof of that is the There is many attacks happened, and many attacks was about to happen, but we didn't know about it. I'm sure, and Caesar was interfered. The RCMP interfered. So please don't tell me that there is no terrorist groups and there is no terrorist cells in Canada. They are everywhere. So the question here is, how long will we remain silent until one day we will wake up and we'll find our own people massacred, raped, and destroyed? That's the question. I'm done.
2: Okay. Wow. You know, Majed, you've just said so much there, and um, I'm in agreement uh, with every point that you've made. Uh, the one thing just on, on what you've ended here about, uh, you know, what's uh, what and who is in Canada and how advanced is this, is that uh, CSIS is well aware, we're, uh, you know, the government is well aware. The report that I wrote, The Rise on Political Islam in Canada, um, intelligence has actually reviewed that report, and uh, I'm completely accurate in it. And and so I can verify that report is is true. And if you look at it, it's a four-part report. It shows in the first section how the government has been facilitating uh, terrorism in Canada and terror- terrorist organizations such as the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, you know, the FBI had put out um, sort of a map chart with the Muslim Brotherhood in the center of it, and as well as the explanatory memorandum, uh, it was the Muslim Brotherhood's uh, plan to enter our miserable house from within and take over, and the organizations that were included there were ones like ISNA, uh, which is alive and well in Canada, as well as the Muslim Student Association, and it shows that there's oh over a hundred Islamic schools that are in um, Ontario alone, and so if you don't think we're being infiltrated, you're mistaken, and the Muslim Association of Canada, also known as MAC, uh, was recently in an uh, Epoch Times uh, article. It was regarding the marches a couple of months ago. And on their website, you know, they promote the Muslim Brotherhood. So how can you not put one and one together and get two on this issue? Uh, on the weekly update I did just before the show, Global News has done an investigation to show that the IRGC has over 700 individuals Living here in Canada, these are, these are terrorists. They, they're finding a safe haven here, as they put it. And, and so, uh, with the view of, uh, the Palestinians, these Muslims coming out on the street, I know in Canada we have a right to protest, but we don't have a right here to support terrorists. There has to be a line that is drawn between the two of them. And I think that these, uh, like they're doing in other countries, this needs to be shut down immediately. What is your view on that?
0: We, we have to be careful when we are talking about names of organizations, Muslims or non-Muslims. We have to be careful that we don't label them as a terrorist unless we have an absolute truth. And this is not just for the integrity of the conversation, but also legally, we have an obligation to be able to point the truth and the evidence before we discuss such a sensitive matter. But the issue here is that we have to be aware of that we need to ask accountability. And I think that's what you mean, and that's what you are talking about. I need to know where, this, where the funds comes to these mosques. I don't think that this is something wrong with it, that I ask as a Canadian citizen, where do you get your funds? Who is supporting you? Who is giving you all of this organization that you are talking and the schools and the mosques? I want to know where is the funds, your funds coming from. This is not an impolite request. That's not suspicious request. Uh, I, I would like all the Jewish synagogues or the Christian churches, show us your income. Show us where is the funds coming from. The Hindu temples, the Buddhist temples, doesn't matter. You know, I have an organization. If you came and asked me where is your funds coming from, here is our income, here is our receipt, here is everything. I mm-hmm. have nothing to hide. No. I I need to understand your education method. When we're no. talking about certain mosques and certain institutions, I want to know what ideology are you using? Why people coming from this institution or from this mosque angry? Because when you are teaching love, you come out loving when you're teaching happiness, you come out happiness. But when you're coming out angry, I need to know what what ideology are you teaching them? And there's nothing wrong with that. Go ahead. Well
2: and just to be clear, mm-hmm. um the, the comments that I just made are supported. Uh the the uh Mac, uh Muslim Association of Canada, it was reported in the Epoch mm-hmm. Times quoting uh, you know, um uh, sorry, I'm forgetting his name right now, who the uh founder of the Muslim Brotherhood and uh they had Hasen a Banna
0: Banna. Yeah,
2: Yeah, thank you. And so they have a quote from him supporting the Muslim Brotherhood as it's almost like as if it was some benign organization worldwide. And then the explanatory memorandum was used in one of the biggest um, uh, cases in the United States against terrorism. And the Muslim Student Association is named in that report as one of the um, organizations that is tied to it. So I wasn't saying anything uh, that wasn't something factual And as we know, I think that we need to speak about this because the MSA, the Muslim Student Association, is in universities across the country, and now we're looking at um, how our own Canadian children are participating in, you know, these marches, and there's recruitment happening, you know, within the universities, not only with them, but um, obviously with professors as well.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Now, the, the, the I'm not disputing or confirming until myself and my organization, they see the evidence and so on. That's all what I'm saying. We have to be Mm -hmm. also careful for one simple reason, Tanya. Our organizations is very important to defend this country. We all very important to defend this country. And we don't want to give our enemy any weapons to use it against us. Of course. Because I can assure you that they are trying to silence you. They are mm-hmm. trying to silence us. They are trying to silence any light and darkness. It's as symbol as that. Now, the, the, the question here is, what the Canadians is, because this is not, once again, this is not just Israel issue. This is not the Jewish issue. You know, this extremist, and, and when you wake up in the morning and you found all of these demonstrations, and you know what is funny? One time I was, I was walking in downtown and I found a flag of uh, LGBT community in the pro in the palestinian demonstration. And I looked at them and I was like, you try to raise this flag in Gaza and see what will happen to you. Mm-hmm. How can you be so blind, you know, they're telling you, you know, like, uh, uh, LGBT community uh, to Gaza, uh, you know, for Gaza? But they are killing you in Gaza.
2: Well, it's not even in Gaza. It's throughout the Middle East. There is nowhere safe for the LGBTQ to live anywhere in the Middle East. And, you know, with that on point, uh, when Muhammad created Islam, uh, you know, his objective was to go out and uh, conquer, but uh, to to have these conquests. And the Middle East used to consist of 95 percent. It was 95 percent Christian countries. And it's down to less than 6%. And so, you know, you don't see other any other so-called religion that is going out and conquering the world, um, not having respect for um, civilizations who have different t- styles of democracy. Uh, they've obviously infiltrated all of the West as well. And are um, we have one report after another. I, I know that, you know, somebody's in the chat right now and, and trying to say, you know, confer that uh, Islam is, you know, a religion of peace. But, you know, in reality, if we can just be honest for a moment, what other religion is causing this kind of uh, death and destruction and mayhem worldwide? What so other?
0: What other? Somebody, somebody in the Czech group saying what? Islam is the religion of peace?
2: Yes, and saying that they're supporters of the Jews. And I mean, if you take a look at, they've got, um, Islam follows three sacred texts: the Quran, the Hadith, and uh, is the Sadith. And nearly all of them, over fifty percent of every single one of their sacred texts, focus on us, how to manage us, how to subvert us, how to silence us, um, how to kill us. And if you take a look in comparison to the Bible, <laughs> you know, as you said in in the in the beginning, as you opened, you know. You have faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us to love. And that if if somebody is a non-believer, we're not to hate them and force them to come into Christianity. We can pray for them. We can tell them and minister to the word of God. But there is nothing in the Bible that tells us, you know, to kill the the Kaffir. And so this is what we're facing worldwide. And we have been conditioned, even within the Canadian government, to think it's a right, uh, you know, for individuals to come to this country stating that they're a religion, but actually they're a political system that's infiltrating all levels of our government and society. And when we're seeing the atrocities, you know, and, and the threat that it's posing to Canada, we're told that we can't speak about this. We have to be silent and we just have to tolerate what's happening.
0: Well, I, I like to, to answer the person that made this statement and said that Islam is a religion of peace or Islam uh, loved the Jews or protected the Jews. What did he say? Yeah. Something like that? Uh, I, I'm sorry, whoever this person, I cannot see your comment. I cannot see your name from the Zoom. But I, I just need to tell you something with my own respect. I am um, Egyptian. I lived in the Middle East. I was born a Muslim and I converted to Christianity when I was 18 years old. Uh, I believe that I know Islam way better than you. Uh, uh, let me just explain to you something. When we are reading the Quran, which is the, the, the their main educational book per se, according to them is the word of God. Uh, when we're reading the Quran, especially when they are talking about the Jews, they are talking about how the, um, he compared them with the uh, pigs and monkeys. Uh, and the first sign of committing genocide against anybody is demonizing them. Because once you made them less human, it's easy to kill them. You have to understand that all throughout the history, and even in Hadith, uh, part of the the, the, the Judgment Day, that part of it that uh, every tree, every rock, will talk to the Muslims. And if a Jew hiding behind them, they will come and kill all the Jews. That's part of the end of the day, that they will be able to kill all the Jews on earth. I am sorry. Um, and even if people disputed that, which, by the way, written and being proven, you can, know that the, the fruit, you can know the roots of the tree from its fruit. If the fruit is good, the roots is good. If mm-hmm. the fruit is rotten, the roots is rotten. Do you understand what I'm saying? Show me where is today in the Muslim countries where uh, uh, there is no corruption, there is no torture and persecution to minorities, where there is an acceptance to every minority. Show me in one Muslim country there is respect for women's rights. Show me in any Muslim country there is child uh, aid or child protection. Show me in one Muslim country that today is truly willing to accept um, Jews to be part of their government. Not just an advisor, not just, you know, just a part of, like, just from outside to convince the world. But show me. Show me that. Uh, don't speak about something that, just to be politically correct. We have to be, I'm very respectful. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking the truth, I'm speaking in love. I'm not, you know, I, I love the Muslim people, but I don't love Islam. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, I don't like extremists. And one time I was asked uh, if Islam is a religion of peace or not. I was exactly asked the same thing. Is Islam a religion of peace? <laughs> and I laughed because I understood that the question was a trick question. If you said Islam is a religion of peace, I'm really not convinced with that, according to the, what I see. And if I said Islam religion of peace, that means I'm lying to myself and to the people who's listening. So it was a trick question. Do I lie or do I do politically correctness? Either way, you either way you, either way you you lose, because now you speak the truth, you go to prison. Now you speak the truth, they shut you down. You know. Right. And really I love I love Muslims. I, I have a problem with the Muslim extremists, but not all Muslims. But I will just answer this question. Sorry, Tanya, I have to answer. Mm-hmm. So when somebody answer asks me, is Islam a religion of peace? I tell him yes. Islam is a religion of peace. There is peace of you here, peace of you there, peace of you there. That will be my answer.
2: Well, you know, I, I can't argue with you on that, Majed, because we're seeing You know, the outcome and you said something, you know, uh, show me the show me the fruit of the person. And I was listening uh, because I've been doing a lot of research on this, especially lately, as this issue has become, again, a a forefront issue. Uh, Pre-COVID, this was one of my central issues, along with teams of uh, people and organizations across Canada trying to bring awareness because Motion M-103, the Islamophobia motion, was being passed, of course, by a Muslim who had infiltrated our government. And it was so that uh, to quell uh, criticism of Islam in Canada, they're passing these motions in in all Western nations, but it's not going to stop us. I mean, this is a conversation we have to have. So I was watching Bill Werner last night and I was at first confused by what he said. He says, Christians and Muslims are the same. And so I thought, what's he saying? You know, because I understand that he understands the threat. Uh, you know, that this poses against Western nations and that we really don't see eye to eye in our belief system. So I say good on you. If you're, if you're Muslim, win it, live in one of the 56 Islamic-majority countries and enjoy yourself. But if you're a Christian, live in Canada and the West and allow us, you know, to live, uh, you know, by the traditions and beliefs that we have. So what he had meant by it is that don't look at the Muslim and what they're, uh, what, how they're living their lives. Don't look at the Christian and how they're living their lives. Go back to the beginning. So in other words, look at Muhammad and how he lived his life and then determine what the religion is. Then go back and look at Jesus and how Jesus lived his life and determine the path of Christians. And, you know, so many Muslims are also beginning to realize, uh, you know, that Islam is a political system that... uh, you know, overtakes everything. There is a whole lot of violence that follows Islam everywhere they go. And, and so for this reason, they, you know, they've minimized Jesus and Islam to a prophet, but he is the son of God. And if Muslims don't understand that in John three sixteen, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should have everlasting life. So Islam denies that Jesus is the son of God. So where does that leave them as far as eternity is truly concerned? So I would rather speak truth and hope, in a hope that these little truth nuggets would land on the ears of those who understand you need Jesus. You need to understand he is the son of God, not a mere prophet. And, uh, that is my hope and prayer for so many, um, Muslims who even may be watching the show and listening to what it is we're saying. And, and so my heart as well is a love for Muslims, for, for atheists, for anybody, you know, as well, equally. But I don't anticipate, I don't wish for their death. I, I wish for them and hope for them and pray for them to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. So there is such a far stretch between, uh, you know, the two different uh, belief systems.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I just I can see that Chad started coming in a little bit. And I would like to invite the people that disagreeing with us on the show. First of all, I love you. I really do. And Jesus love you, regardless what's your opinion. It's very interesting that we are in this free country that you can jump in any chat group and you can jump on any program and you can express your feeling and you can express who you are. And even if you disagree with us, and really by all means, I'm saying from the bottom of my heart. You know, even if you disagree with me, I love you. You know, I respect your opinion. I disagree with it. It's something that I would not approve or I would like to be part of it. But, you know, I respect that you have your own opinion. Now, can I ask you a question? If I was in Saudi Arabia and we had the same conversation, if I was in Egypt and I had the same conversation with you, if I was in Afghanistan, I had the same conversation, Pakistan, Iran, even Morocco, Tunis, Algeria, Lebanon, would I still, if I have the same conversation with you right now, would I still go home in the night? Or I will be arrested or killed in the street. Don't lie to yourself and don't lie to us. Open your eyes for the truth. And the truth here is that Christ loved all of us and he died for our pain and our sin and our disease. You want to believe in somebody else or something else, that's up to you. It's not really my business. But for you to to be able not to understand the very deep concept of our belief of peace and harmony, the idea that you cannot even hate your enemy. You lived in a religion if you're a Muslim, and I used to be a Muslim, you lived in a religion, and eye by an eye, tooth by a tooth. And when you live in a religion, an eye by an eye, tooth by a tooth, what you end with? You end blind and toothless. But Jesus said, love even your enemy, Bless curse who persecuted you. And he didn't say just, you know, like that. He proved it at the cross. He wasn't a hypocrite. He proved it on the cross. And he said, for they, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they are doing. So I, I want to invite everybody listening to us right now and in this show, open your heart to Christ. Listen to his peace. Listen to his message. Before you argue and before you repeat things like, you know, somebody just repeating, you know, just, just listen, read, educate yourself. See the difference. You came here to Canada or you came to the United States or to Europe, because this was a peaceful country. It is a peaceful country, a democratic country. It's a country that built on Jewish and Judaism, uh, Judaism and uh, Christianity principles. So, why did you leave? Why did you leave the, the, the Middle East? Why did you leave the Muslim countries and you came here? Because the corruption, because the torture, because the persecution, because the lack of human rights, because the lack of dignity. So, what this tells you, what this tells you, with my all due respect, all what I would say, and I would say it again. The Lord said in the Bible, I'm the only way, truth, and life. So, I promise you, I promise you, the minute that you will embrace the Prince of Peace, you will find eternal life. Thank mm-hmm. you for joining us in the show. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, thank you for that uh... Mijed, these are these are the truths that we're going to speak boldly tonight and pray that they fall sweetly on the ears of those who are listening and that they receive those nuggets of truth, right? And and I think it's really important. Um, before we close this show up, though, I, I do want to go to one thing. I, I, I want to talk about your report for a moment. And um, I want to talk about your return trip, trip to um, Israel, what the purpose of it is, Uh, what your findings are and uh, well let's actually start with the meeting that you were at yesterday at the uh, uh, consulate general of israel in in toronto what was the purpose of that meeting
0: it was a conference where we submit the our report where we saw saw the trailer for the first time Uh, this report would be all around the world to show the truth of what's happened on october 7th but we will continue for the documentary. We, we are now leading a humanitarian aid operation to Israel. And I'm going to Gaza. So for the people that are listening to us and they think, oh, what about these poor Palestinians? I, 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 I condemn the killing of any civilians, any woman and children. Life is life. And as I said from the beginning, uh, Christ loves all. So I will be going to Israel. We'll be presenting humanitarian aid. Uh, to the people that was hurt by October 7. Uh, and we are, we will go together as well to present aid to the hospitals and to the people that truly need help, not Hamas fighters. They're true Palestinian, innocent, civilian people that need help. And we will be, God willing, we'll be able to help everybody. I will invite all of you to be with us in this fight. Go on our website, as Tanya invited you. And Mm -hmm. donate to us, be with us, even keep us in your prayers. This also will be good enough. Thank you.
2: Yeah, uh, Trenzio, can you bring up uh, Majed's website, please? And I am encouraging you to uh, donate and support this mission that Majed is on. As you can hear that he is not Mm -hmm. just going there, uh, you know, on a mission Mm -hmm. himself uh, for the interest of uh, personally seeing what's going on. His mission is to uh, talk to uh, government officials And to find the truth, he's on a fact-finding mission. The documentary is also, uh, you know, the reason that he's going there is to complete that. So if you could please support him and his trip, because, uh, you know, as I said in the weekly uh, email that I sent out to everyone, and as Majed has said, he's actually the one that sparked that in me, he says, what they do to Israel today is what they will do to us in the West tomorrow and once the Christians are gone, then you, you know they are going to go for all the unbelievers uh, and the Kafir. And if you're not familiar with Islam, if you're not familiar with the teachings, uh, we've been conditioned to believe, uh, as we've just discussed, that this uh, you know is a religion of peace, uh, that there are uh, the moderate Muslims that you know are in our countries. Uh, Bridget Gabriel will be coming on uh, next week. And uh, she as well, she grew up in Lebanon. Uh, It was a Christian nation, peaceful. Her mom and dad were Christians. And at the age of uh, uh, 10, they were forced into a bunker that was uh, 8 feet by 10 feet. And she lived there for seven years. When they had to go out for water, they never knew if they were going to make it back. Uh, They would pick dandelions and weeds to eat. And then they made it into Israel as well, much like uh, Majed's story. And now Bridget is in the United States and she runs the organization Act for America with over a million members and uh, bringing uh, the true life history of of Islam and the threat of that to, uh, you know, the West and helping people to understand that and educate them. And so, as I've said, we've been conditioned to, uh, you know, believe one side of the story. It was Bridget who said the moderate Muslim is irrelevant uh, because as we can see, it is the extremists that have the money and the power and the will to come in and subjugate. And they're very patient in how they do that when they come into nations, political entryism and other things that I put into the report. So uh, the, again, this is, this is not any hate towards any individual, um, you know, but we, if we see a threat then we have a right and a duty to speak about that. And Jesus was so courageous. He's one of the greatest activists in the world. The one of the things he did is he spoke truth, and it says, the truth shall set us free. He was always, uh, the government wanted him silenced, but what did he do? He spoke truth. He went out and ministered uh, despite that. And uh, to think that Christians are weak and we don't have a right as well to support our nations is completely false. To think that Israel doesn't have a right to, to, uh, to protect themselves and their citizens is completely false. And if we need to shut down all manifestations of uh, Islamic extremism in Canada, then we need to do that. And we need to uh, make this a political issue. And we need to make sure that in the upcoming elections at all level of government, because this affects all levels of government, we need to uh, elect people who 100% embrace that Canada is a Judeo-Christian nation and that they will support that if we're going to get our country back. Because I, as a white Christian woman, you would never see me in any level of government in any of the 56 Islamic-majority countries. And, And so for us to thrive as a nation, it only makes sense that we would elect people that fully embrace our Constitution, our Charter of Rights, and the foundation of this nation that we've been blessed with. And this has been a gift, and it's not just handed down to us, we're in a position right now where we need to fight for it. Thank you for your feistiness. Keep up the incredible great work that you're doing. And when you get back from Israel uh, and the documentary is done, I'd like to have you back on the show.
0: Absolutely. Keep smiling. Keep happy. Joy is the second fruit of the spirit. I love you all. And just keep holding on him. Love you thank guys. You, Take care. Thank
2: you so much, brother. Love ya. Okay, thank you. Okay. Talk to you soon. God bless thank you. you bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, that was uh, an incredible conversation. Uh, I Again, I hope that you found this educational. I hope that you will share this video, help us out, give it a thumbs up, and uh, don't only give it a thumbs up, make a comment, share it, make sure as many people as possible see this, uh, support Majed and his organization, sign up for One Free World International so you can get his emails. All right, as I mentioned, next week's guest is going to be uh, Bridget Gabriel. And uh, this is just an amazing... Uh, woman as I have mentioned Uh, Bridget is actually in the United States, Uh, Valerie Price is uh, with ACT for Canada and that's an F-O-R, ACT for Canada Uh, Valerie actually had her name solidified in Canada she is one of my directors as well and a co-founder of Action for Canada love her to bits and she is also one of the directors with uh, Bridget Gabriel and Valerie has been fighting hard in Canada to bring awareness. Awareness, uh, of Islam and the infiltration into Canada for many many years. Actually, it was through Motion M103 being uh, passed uh, before the legislation that I came to know Valerie, and we became incredible good friends. I love her a bit. I call her my mammy, and uh, so anyway, she connected me with Bridget, and Bridget is from the U.S., is a national security analyst, New York Times best-selling author, and chairman of Act for America. I'm just reading. A a little blurb that I'd written up here because I think it's important and I really want you to come and join us next week. Uh, Bridget was born in Lebanon and survived war in the Middle East, living in an 8x10 underground bomb shelter for seven years from the age of 10 to 17. Her family is Christian and consistently feared for their lives as radical Islamic extremists extremists took over Lebanon. Having lived through this nightmare, Bridget is well qualified to speak on the dangers of Islam and why the West must defeat them and how we can do it. So be sure to join us next week. All right, I'm just going to close off with our Bible verses. Okay, so from Genesis twelve three, this is the Lord. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in all the families of the earth, uh, sorry, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And he's talking about Israel, Israel here. And that's what Majed was saying. It wasn't uh, created 70 years ago. Israel is God's chosen country with his chosen people. Next verse, please. Deuteronomy 14.2 For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. He holds Israel like the apple of his eye. He has said that the Jewish people are his chosen people. And and so what you've got to understand, if you take a look uh, uh, at the map where Israel is and look at all the Islamic nations around him, you have to believe that God's hand of favor is on this little nation. There is no way they could survive all of this without the hand of God uh, on his chosen country. All right, and in closing, Psalm twenty-five, twenty-two: Our God, please save Israel from all its troubles. And that's our prayer today. So again, thank you so much. We're on the side of Israel. God bless you and God bless Canada.
1: <gasps>